You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ family of churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Back. Welcome, everyone. Good morning. Welcome to the West Side Church. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Kenny Izuchuku. I'm one of the ministers here on the West Side. I'm really grateful to be able to speak with you this morning. I was not planning to speak on on today. <laughs> Steve Lounsbury, who is our lead evangelist, on uh, Thursday he, he called me and said he has COVID, or he tested positive for COVID, so he said he couldn't be here. So he said, Kenny, lucky day, you get to speak. And I'm like, great. I love speaking last minute, giving a sermon unexpected. Thank you very much. But I'm grateful, honestly, because there's we have a, we're going to be starting a new series today called Gifted, and there's a lot that we're going to dive into, uh, so I'm excited. Before we get into that, I've been gone for a while. I've been gone for the last four weeks. I've been in Nigeria, so I have some pictures I just want to share with you guys. I don't know if you can see it on the screen, but uh, here's, here are some of my cousins. So we went, my dad, my grandfather died two years ago in 2019, late 2019, and in 2020, we couldn't go see him and see his burial site because of COVID. So this is the first time we got to go, and I got to see all my cousins on my mom's side. So here's a few of them here. Uh, they're, we were playing Uno. They're very intense Uno players. So luckily I was able to win a few, a few of those, but not without some scars, I tell you. Our cousins are nuts. This is my, these are my siblings. We got one good picture together. And then uh, they're my parents. So yes, we had a really good time. I had a lot of fun. And uh, I think probably one of the highlights in Nigeria was I got to spend time with some of the disciples there in Abuja. And it's amazing how many of them really want to come to the U.S. They're like, I wish I could be there. I'm like, I don't know if you really want to come here. But their heart and desire is we're going to make do with wherever we're at. Some days the water, we have no water. It's like, oh, we don't have water today. Or some days the electricity would go out. We had no electricity but we had so much fun. We were so great. I felt like I was just grateful for everything going on. So it was really refreshing to my soul. Please come visit. If you want to come visit, we have a place for you to stay. It's, it'll be awesome. Just let me know. But it was an amazing time, really good time for me to connect with God. And I, and I know many of you guys had your holidays. You went out, um, got some, some breaks and times of refreshing. But that was my time of refreshment. So, yes, if you have any questions about it, Please ask me. I'd love to talk about it. It was a really amazing time. Okay, so we're going to move forward here uh, with time. Gifted, there we go. So get your pens or actually your phones out and take some notes. We're beginning this new spirit. Gifted grace, the spirit, and your calling. Before we get into it, let's bow our heads and let's pray for the service. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are, for how much you love us, you care for us, just for how you give your whole heart to us, Lord. We do not deserve you, and we are not worthy of you, and yet you still give us this chance to worship you. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I pray that as we go through this series, we can start to engage our hearts with the gifts that you've given us, Lord. Lord, I pray for those who are suffering with sickness, illness, with COVID, with whatever. I pray that you can be mindful of them, 
and we can be mindful of them. The fact that we could be here today in person is so, it's just it's such a great honor, Lord. We're so blessed. I pray that as we spend this time together this morning, we can remember that. We can be grateful. And we can keep those who cannot be here in our minds and in our thoughts. We love you, Lord, and we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Awesome. So online, welcome. I forgot to say welcome to you. I know a lot of people can't be here today because you're with COVID or someone near COVID, so you're quarantining. So thank you for joining us online. Hopefully this can be helpful. So in this new series, Gifted, our hope is to help you identify, cultivate, and unleash the gifts that God has given you so you can use your gifts as gifts for others. Later on in this series, we will be talking about specific gifts that God has uniquely gifted you in your skills, talents, and abilities. We'll be reading a book later on called Find Your Place, and that will continue helping you identify, cultivate, and unleash your gifts. We're going to take a gift survey over the next few weeks, and we'll be having gifts, a gift fair in, I think, March, maybe early April, so that we can all come together and identify what these gifts are and talk about it and work with each other so we can show the world what are gifts. But today I want to simply start by remembering that our gifts come from God. It's so hard to remember that. Our gifts come from God. I don't like gifts. Like, Physical gifts. I had a birthday when I was like six or seven. I think I've told you guys this story before. Maybe not. But I was six or seven. I had this birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Anyone been to Chuck E. Cheese before? We know what Chuck E. Cheese is, right? With all those small balls you jump in, you, you, you're happy, great time, good pizza. So I was there, and I, we planned this birthday party. And I remember thinking, like, okay, this is going to be great, awesome. And that was, um, I invited, like, all my friends from school. So I get to the birthday party, 30 minutes in, no one's there. It gets worse. One hour later, no one's there. An hour and a half, one guy comes. It's a good friend of mine. He's an hour and a half late. I was eight years old. Who, who cares, right? But this is what I remember. It wasn't the lack of people that showed up. He gave me a gift. It was a Ken Barbie doll, the black version. And that was my gift for my birthday. So I remember thinking after that, I'm never having a birthday party again. I'm not doing this. I was so hurt. And since then, at least as far as I can remember, I've never liked gifts. Whenever I ask people, hey, what do you, they want, what do you want to get from me? They're like, don't get me anything. I just want to spend time. Or a gift card. Yeah, I'll take gift cards. <laughs> E-gift cards are even better. Have you ever received a bad gift before? Have you ever received a bad gift before? Right now, just next to your partner, just whisper yes or no, and tell them what that gift was. If you're online, on the chat, just write it in. Have you ever received a bad gift before? Write it in the chat. I want to hear what these things are. If you have time, write what they are. Raise your hand if you've received a bad gift before. Okay, so now we all know. Here's, a, here's an even better question. Here's an even better question. Next question. Have you ever given... A bad gift before. Again, in the chat, if you're online, write it out. 
Have you ever given a bad gift before? You can just whisper, tell your, tell your neighbor. Yes, no, maybe, maybe, yes. Shame on you. <laughs> White elephants included, right? White elephants included. Have you ever given a show of hands? Have you ever given a bad gift before? Not intentionally. All right. Now we're making excuses. Now I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. So we all know this feeling of receiving a bad gift and giving a bad gift. So it's funny, though, because if all our gifts come from God, do we think God gives bad gifts? So why do we give bad gifts and why do we receive bad gifts from people? I think that as we go through the series today, I want us to focus on this heart of why we give and why God has gifted us to give before we get into the unique skills and talents that we'll all be talking about and how to use those. Does that make sense? So um, I was watching The Office. Anyone like The Office, the TV show? Okay, some fans, some people don't like it. It's either you hate it or love it, right? I have people that are like, I don't get it. It's so sarcastic. It's so offensive. Other people are like, I love it. I love satire. I have a short clip here, and we'll watch it, and I'll I'll go from there. Let's let's play the clip. You are very smart, and you have a gigantic education. And I think of you as my scarecrow, because you gave me a brain. So that's why I made you this. Thank you, Michael. It's beautiful. <laughs> it looks like it looks like it was made by a two-year-old monkey on a farm, and he just he just accepted that I that I put all this work into it. Oh man, he. He has the lowest opinion of me, of anybody. Oh! Alrighty. So I, was, I watched that clip the other day, and um, obviously Michael is the boss, and he gives this gift to Oscar, who's one of the employees. But he does, it's a gag gift, right? It's a, not a real gift. But you see what Oscar did? He thought it was real. He thought it was, so he accepted it, probably knowing a little bit of him, knowing that it, Michael didn't give his best. Probably a little bit. But he still accepts it very kindly and warmly, right? We all saw that. We all noticed it. And then they, they shoot to Michael and he's laughing because he's like, this guy has a low opinion of me. I don't really try to give this gift. And it's funny because as we're going through this series, I think the first place I want us to start is just the idea of why we have such a hard time connecting our gifts are from God. Because the rate at which we connect our gifts from God dictates how we give our gifts. If we see it at anything less than from God, then it shortchanges the people that we give it to. I read this quote in the book, Find Your Place. It says, followers of Jesus are made for more. We want the life that Jesus offers, but we fall short of taking hold of the abundant life he made possible. Abundance that is found in discovering and engaging the purposes God designed for each of us. Instead of living life to the fullest measure by finding our personal callings, we trod through life dreaming of better days, 
Followers of Jesus in America have been conditioned to settle for less. Oof. Anyone feel that? Just like a gut punch. We've been conditioned to settle for less. Even though God created you, you are conditioned to settle for less. Ephesians chapter 2 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, you've been handcrafted, handpicked, handed specific gifts by God. And if God is giving you these gifts, He doesn't want you to settle for anything less than what He designed you for. Can I get an amen? Isn't that encouraging? He wants this for you. He doesn't want this from you. He wants this, He wants this for you. Do you realize this morning that you are gifted? You are a masterpiece. You are one of a kind. An image bearer of God, priceless and worth, filled with a unique gift set of passions and desires. Or has it been hard for you to see that lately? Has it been difficult for you to see that? Is it hard for you to feel that way? First Peter 4. Uh-oh. I didn't put the scripture up there. I'll just read it. It's fine. First Peter 4, verse 7 says, Each of you, verse 10, says, Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I bring to you this morning, you cannot serve. You will not be excited. You will not be passionate to use your gifts if you don't feel like they come from God. Or you spend all your time using your gifts for yourself and then you're miserable because that's not what you're designed for. By the grace of God, you not only have the gift of life, but God has given you so many gifts. Athletes, why do you think you're so athletic? Do you think it's because you train super hard? No. Do you think it's because you have the perfect DNA with your parents matched together? That's probably helpful. But how do you think that happened? God allowed it to happen. Geniuses, which I am not one of those. Why are you so smart? Do you really believe it's because you read a lot? Or that your parents have the perfect DNA that came together? No, it's more than that. God's allowed you to have your brilliance. Kind people, why are you so kind? It's so hard to be kind in our world. But you still find a way to do it. You know Newbie? Anyone know Newbie? He's so kind. He texted me last week saying, hey, brother, I just love you. Like, out of the blue. And we fasted together on Wednesday. He initiated it. I'm like, wow, that's so kind. It energized me. You think Newbie's just kind because he's kind? No, it's a gift from God. My point is that if you are created by God, which you are, you've been gifted. You've been gifted in life and a whole bunch of other stuff. And God wants you to use them to serve others. You guys get it? That's my main point. I've already given it to you, right? That's it. We can end the lesson right now. In short, next slide. God wants you to use your gifts 
to give to others. He wants you to use your gifts to gift to others. So that's what we're going to be talking about in this series. It's going to be a long series, and Steve will preach, and Justin will have everyone preach. But we really want this to captivate your hearts. Some of you may be thinking, duh, Kenny, I know what I'm good at already. I don't need some, someone in his late 20s telling me that I'm gifted. Great. But have you found new ways lately to use your gifts? Or have you just been doing the same thing over and over and over again? And condition yourself that, that that's just the way it is. I ask you, don't overestimate your experience. God has a track record of blowing your minds for people that have been around the block before, right? For people that have done the things that they've done well for a long time. He can change your heart. And he can help other people. For those of you who might be thinking, Kenny, um, I don't have any gifts. Sorry, that's not funny. You might be thinking, I'm not gifted. It's kind of funny. It's a little funny. Because like, it's just not true. It's crazy to believe that if you're created by God, that you have no gifts. It's not true. Maybe you think I can barely chew gum and, and walk at the same time. Or maybe you think everyone is more gifted than you. Stop looking at everyone else's gifts and look at your own. God has gifted you. He wants you to know that you're His. You're His masterpiece. You're underestimating God if you think you have no gifts. Whatever gift you have, do you realize that you're gifted to be a gift? You're blessed to be a blessing. Two things that help me remember these. Two things will be quick that help me remember that I'm gifted by God. And I think it might help you. One, the first thing is the gift of guilt. Can everyone say, ooh. I told my friend about it. I called, uh, anyone know Kendall Horn? He was a former Pepperdine student. He gave me a call yesterday, and he's like, hey, what are you going to talk about on Sunday? And I told him the gift of guilt. And he's like, what? You know, we just started talking. He's like, what do you mean by that? And I told him, you can tune in online if you don't watch it. You know, get more people attracted to our YouTube page. He might be watching. If you are watching, great, Kendall. Psalm 32, verse 3, says this. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of the summer. Then, I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. Whew. That's so deep. You know, for the longest time, I saw guilt as a burden. I remember the first time I was doing these Bible studies and learning about God, which if you're visiting, if you're new today, we have these Bible studies that you can go through to help you understand what it really means to follow God if you're not already one. And in those Bible studies, there's a, a topic that we talk about called sin. And it's one of those topics that no one really likes to talk about, right? Raise your hand if you love talking about sin. No one's going to out themselves. Wait, we got one guy over there. Let's talk after. 
So we talked about sin. I remember when we were talking about it, I was like, I have so much sin. I don't want to tell you about my sin. Right? I don't want to talk about it. It makes me feel guilty. But I remember confessing my sin to him for the first time. Just laying it all out bare to him. And I just felt this huge weight off my shoulders. It felt so much better than hiding it. And the reason was because I felt guilt. I knew I was guilt. I already knew I was guilty. And by sharing it, it really helped me. Just like this psalmist feels. Isn't that crazy? Someone can write something so long ago and we can still relate to each other. But what we've seen in our culture and our society is that guilt is looked at as a bad thing. People don't like guilt. And I will dare to say, in the church, it's become more taboo than it's become normal to talk about. But if it's looked at as a gift, why would we do that? Why would we shy away from something that God has given us? There's this book called Respectable Sins by Jerry Bridges, and he, he read this quote, or he, he wrote this in his book. I think it's the next slide. I hope it's there. No, the next one. That's C.S. Lewis, who's great as well. Oh, dang it, I didn't put it in there. I'll read it out loud. It says, you can go back to the previous slide. He says, the entire concept of sin has virtually disappeared from our American culture at large and has been softened, even within many of our churches, to accommodate modern sensibilities. Indeed, strong biblical words for sin have been excised, have been removed, surgically taken out, from our vocabulary. It's not adultery. It's just an affair. He didn't cheat. He just had a fling. Those are some examples. We hide guilt. We package it. We want nothing to do with it because we look at it as a burden. But what's helped me over the years is starting to see guilt as a gift. They mean the God of our Our creation has given me the ability to know that when I've done something wrong, I can feel it. I can see it. Doesn't that make us human? Doesn't that make us real? Guys, guilt is a gift, and I'm not talking about shame. No, 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 no. I know where some of your minds are going. I'm not talking about shame. I'm not talking about anxiety. I'm not talking about feeling guilt for something that is not actually wrong. But let's be honest. We're not perfect. We make mistakes. We fall short. And if you can feel it and understand it, it changes the way you are. I had a conversation with a, a friend who, at the time, you would at, of the conversation, you'd, you'd be like thinking that we're not friends. But we were talking about something he did wrong. He lied. He lied to, he lied to I think, his girlfriend which you never want to lie to anyone, but a significant other, you got to be careful of that. So he lied, and he bring it. He brought it to my attention. He just wanted to be honest about it. I'm like, great, thanks for sharing it. So I asked him questions to draw him out, just general questions. And then he said something to me that I felt like I need to bring in front of you. He said, why are you trying to make me feel guilty? Have you guys heard that before? It's pretty common language that we use in American culture. If you go to Nigeria, no one says that. They're like, oh, I'm guilty. But here, 
Here, it's like almost like you're you're imposing yourself, even when you don't call somebody out, and you're just drawing them out, asking questions for something that he already confessed to me already. And I looked at him. I'm a minister, so I can get away with saying something, not everything. And I said, bro, I'm not making you feel guilty. You are guilty. But right after, because I don't want to be condescending, I said, and I'm guilty too. We're guilty. When did feelings presuppose guilt? When did that start happening? In a court of law, they're like, oh, how do you feel? I don't feel guilty, therefore you're not guilty. That's not how it works. (laughs) You are, you're not. And I told him, I love you. But if you say that to me ever again, you're just using it to deflect from what's already there. Stop it. See it as a gift. I'm happy that you're feeling this way. Because now you can change. In Acts chapter 2. Do you remember that story of Peter and the Pentecost? And he goes to all these Israelites, like this room full of Israelites. And he says, guess what, guys? You crucified Jesus. And he says, I know with certainty. Let me read it exactly. Therefore, let the entire house of Israel know that with certainty, God has made this Lord and Messiah, this Jesus whom you all crucified. That's what Peter says to them. Can you imagine they raise their hand and say, hey, Peter, um, why are you making me feel guilty? Why are you making, why are you making us feel this way? Can you imagine that? No. How do they respond? They heard him. They accepted the truth. They said they were cut to the heart. They felt the truth. They said, brothers, what shall we do? They responded to the truth and then they repent and got baptized. They acted on truth. They transformed their lives because of guilt. Accepting the guilt that was truly theirs. Brothers and sisters, and those visiting with us, whether or not we feel guilty does not change the fact that we are. God has not only allowed us to understand this intellectually, but he has placed it in our hearts so that we can feel it. You are human. This is why C.S. Lewis says, next slide, the most remarkable thing is this. Whenever you find a man who says he does not believe in a real right and wrong, you will find that same man going back on this a moment later. He may break his promise to you, but if you try and breaking one to him, he will be complaining and saying, it's not fair. Whether you're a Christian or not, whether you're tuning in and you believe in God or not, whether you're a disciple or not, you know this to be true. Guilt is a gift from God. It is not a gift, however, when we feel guilty for that which we are not guilty of. That is unhealthy and that is life-sucking. But guilt, when we've gone against God's command and know it, is a gift because it gives us the possibility to transform and change our lives. Guilt is not disgrace. It's not shame. It's an opportunity. It's another opportunity to receive a gift. And it allows us to receive this next gift, which is the gift of grace. You guys ready to close down here? About to end this. The gift of grace. Ephesians 2 verse 4 says this. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace 
you have been saved. Can I get an amen? People are like, I'm waiting for the grace, Kenny. Stop nothing the guilt. Here's what grace means. Next slide. In Greek, grace is charis. Can everyone say charis? And gift is charisma. Charisma. Can everyone say charisma? So you guys see connection there? I uh, put it in, in gold. If you, The same letters, right? Meaning gift comes from the root word grace in Greek. Where we get our uh, noun charisma, that comes from this etymology. So charismatic people, you know, like Oscar. Oscar is charismatic, right? It's really cool. Hung out with the rock. Charisma. Those are the type of people we think of charisma. Gift. Grace. They're a gift to us. We feel good when they're around us. They energize us. They put us a new spirit in our hearts. A winning and attractive quality that invites a favorable reaction. There's a movie I watched on the plane ride from Nigeria, which is, I think it's 15 hours, which is pretty long. So I watched like six movies. But on the plane ride, there's a movie called John Q. Has anyone seen John Q? Doesn't matter if you haven't seen it. Came out in 2002. It's kind of old. Denzel Washington's in it, so you should watch it just for that reason. It's an amazing, he's an amazing actor, isn't he? Maybe that's just my opinion. It actually didn't do well on Rotten Tomatoes. It got 23% from the critics, but the audience gave it 78%. And it grossed over $100 million in the box office. Here's why I think that happened. One, basically what happens in the movie is Denzel, whose name is John, uh, his son's dying of a terminal heart condition. Yeah, some of you guys remember this. It's coming back, right? I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'll tell you just enough so you can watch it. He's dying of this terminal heart condition. So, and his wife, Denzel's wife in the movie, calls and says, at the, they can't pay the insurance for it, so they're like, they're going to kick your son out of the hospital, which is really sad, and health insurance, all that stuff. So his wife calls, like, you better do something, John! You know, like that, that wife saying, you better do this. And she hangs up. And he's like, all right, well, I guess i got to do something. So what he does is since he doesn't have any money, he basically shuts down the hospital, grabs a gun, and takes hostages of people there. He gets the doctor that's going to do the surgery and just takes him as a hostage and a bunch of other people. And there's a scene towards the end where he's with his son, and he decided that he's going to sacrifice himself, basically saying, I'm going to kill myself so you can take my heart and give it to my son. And I got really, I started crying on the plane. I don't cry. I was crying on the plane. And I'm like, why am I crying right now? And then I went on Twitter and I looked up John Q, the movie, and then someone said, if you haven't cried in this movie, there's something wrong with you. So I felt good. So I'm on the plane. I'm weeping because he's saying, I would rather die than have my son die. So take my heart. Literally, he tells the doctor, take it. I'm going to kill. I'm, they're like, we can't kill you. Can't, we can't do it. It's so unethical. He's like, I'm going to kill myself. Are you going to leave me dead and not use my heart? I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is crazy and entirely unrealistic, but it still tugged in my heart. And then he has this last scene with his son where he's on his, his bed. His son is like almost about to die, like very, very weak. And he's looking down at his son, he's, and Denzel just starts crying like on, on, on spot because he's a great actor. And he's telling his son all these things he wants his sons to do. 
He says, be good, listen to your mom, all that stuff. And then at the very end, he says, I will never leave you. I am always with you. You know what I instantly thought of? Our Father. I thought of Jesus. And usually when I watch movies like that, it's not the first thing that my mind goes to. But I'm like, where did they get this from? Someone who wrote that script must have been thinking about Jesus. I'll never leave you. I'm always with you right here as he's weeping, about to take his life for his son. you got to watch the movie to see if he actually takes his life, though. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't. Guys, that is a representation of grace. God loves you so much that he's willing to do something crazy, erratic, ridiculous, just so that he can save your life. Even when you don't deserve it. Even when you have no idea what's going to come of it. Even when you're a little kid and you're just trying to make it day by day. You see, without the gift of guilt, it's hard to feel and understand how much God loves you. Without that gift of guilt, you cannot comprehend the gift of grace, how much He wants to do everything for you. And as a result, how you are gifted by God to use those gifts for other people. It's incredible what God wants for you and how the messages he sends in media, Hollywood, in the most random places to communicate to you, I'll never leave you. I'm always with you. It's the gift of grace in which you are saved. So, we have a communion discussion. So let's go to that slide. And what we do in our communion discussion is we just have a conversation with the people near you. So if you're coming out for the first time, and this is new for you, or you feel uncomfortable, you can just sit and just listen to people and what they say. If you want to share, you can share. But here's the question. Have you viewed guilt as more of a gift or a burden? And how could a healthy perspective of guilt, guilt help you accept God's gift of grace? So break into small groups as people next to you. We'll talk for a couple minutes, and then we'll come back and close things out. All right? Alrighty, let's bring it back. Alrighty, so I've got a couple action steps for you all to do to take home with you to continue uh, working on some of the stuff that we talked about today. Number one, find someone to pray with this week. Maybe someone you just met in your conversations. Perhaps a prayer about your guilt or maybe an aspect of something that you've been feeling guilty about and ask God to help you accept his gift of grace. So that's the first action step. And the next one is to take the gift survey. We'll be emailing it out to members. If you're, if you're new with us, just talk to someone that, you know, that you've talked to here, a member here, and they can send it to you. But there's a survey we're going to be taking the next few weeks to help you identify your gifts. Um, so those are some action steps to help you remember the lesson and to live out the lesson. So we'll close with the scripture. And we'll read all of Ephesians 2. 
So I started with Ephesians 2. We'll close with Ephesians 2. We'll read, we'll read all of it here. Um, it says this. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in, with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages we might show, he might show, the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not for yourselves or from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Let's bow our heads and pray. Dear God, thank you just for bringing us here together as we kick off this series called Gifted. And I know we're going to get into the the fun stuff with gifts, our unique skills and talents. And we have so many gifted people here that you've designed intricately and who've been able to develop those gifts over time. I'm excited for that. But I pray that today we can focus on the gifts that fuel us, the the gifts that captivated us, which is identifying and understanding that we get all of our gifts from you. And we ourselves are a gift that you've given to this world. I pray that as we feel the guilt, some of the weight of our sin, we can remember that it makes us human. And I pray that as we connect that guilt to the grace that you've given us, that gift of grace, we can remember that This is what captivates us and keeps us humble. Understanding that we are yours. And these things make us yours. I pray for your your son and what he did on the cross, how he died for us. And as we take the communion, as we take the juice which represents his blood, and the bread which represents his body, we can remember that he was broken. We accept our responsibility, our guilt in our role of putting him there. But he did it so that he can bestow to us a life filled of grace. I pray that we can identify that. We can nurture it, cultivate it, and our hearts can feel unleashed with your sacrifice. We love you. And we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.